Welcome to Parlay Me Power Players. This is a podcast that explores the latest entrepreneurs, startups, founders, business leaders, and even enterprises that are changing the game. We call them the disruptors. You might see them as your mentors or maybe even your colleagues, but we are so excited to bring to you each week someone we find either fascinating, progressive, or someone that's really making changes in all kinds of industries. We are agnostic in what we cover, so we cover everything from mobility to AI to food and produce, you name it, we cover it. But most importantly, we want to showcase to you entrepreneurs that are really making a difference and making the world a better place. Hi folks, so welcome to Parlay Me Power Players. This is episode seven and we are so excited today because, well, I'm always excited, but I'm specifically excited today because we have some pretty exceptional guests on the show. We have Jessica Devilla and Georgia Messenger and they are both co-presidents of Harvard Ventures. Now, Harvard College Ventures or HB as they call themselves is the largest student-run undergraduate entrepreneurship and venture capital organization at Harvard. Now, if I'm correct, I'm going to give a little quick overview about, about both Jessica and Georgia. So Jessica, you are completing your Bachelor of Science at Harvard University in bioengineering and biomedical engineering. Um, you were on the board member of Harvard Society of Women Engineers, and specifically you oversaw what was called Make a Girl, a nonprofit dedicated to inspiring girls to achieve, sorry, to be active in STEM degrees. And for those listening and don't know what STEM degrees are, it is science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. So you're a student researcher at Harvard Medical School as well, and you're co-president of Harvard Ventures, as well as a venture fellow at Alix Ventures. So you're super busy. <laughs> I don't know if you get time to sleep. Um, Georgia, a little bit about you. Um, you're undergoing your bachelor's in psychology at Harvard and you were an entrepreneur, I believe, at Target Incubator for the startup um, that you now do called The Trill Project, which is an anon I've got to say this word right, an anonymous <laughs> social network to facilitate true and real online interactions. So um, you have been campus ambassador for VC firms such as Lightspeed Ventures. You're a co-founder of um, Girls Girls Get It, a coding boot camp and a mentorship program. And you're obviously co-president of Harvard Ventures. Additionally, you're both podcast hosts of a brilliant podcast called The Brilliant Line. Without further ado, thank you and welcome, ladies, to Parlay Me. Thanks so much players. for having us. Thank you. Yeah, I'm super excited to have you guys here. And I just wanted to give everyone a good intro to what you guys do because you do do a lot. <laughs> and considering you're both undergoing your, you know, your bachelor's, obviously at Harvard, you definitely have a full plate. Um, I wanted to, I guess, kick it off. And firstly, I love to know how people meet. Um, I'm presuming you guys met at Harvard, but I'd love to know a little bit how you guys met and what, I guess, propelled you to both start um you know, well, not start, but rather step into the position of co-presidents at Harvard Ventures. Yeah, we actually met my freshman year of college at board elections for Harvard Ventures. And we had never met before because one of the common themes of the club prior to us getting more involved was that members were a bit 
more disconnected just because everyone was working on their own side hustles and projects. So when we met at those elections, we both became co-director of events just by chance. And I think we are really lucky that not only do we work well together, but we also just as friends are compatible and have different strengths we bring to the board. So when it was time to run for board elections again for co-president, it just felt really natural after having put on so many events together in that previous role and also had so many bonding experiences of carrying pizzas up flights of stairs for events or being rushed (laughs) to send out emails. We really bonded and were able to naturally fill the position. Fantastic. Yeah. If, if I can just add to that, um, I think one of the things that is really great about HV is our ability to act as a community. And I know that so many people within the HV community have found their co-founders um, for the startups that they're working on and some of their best friends, blockmates, which are, for those of you who don't know, kind of like our rooming groups at Harvard. Um, and so... Heart Adventures really just brings together a lot of people with diverse interests in terms of industries and sectors. But I think we're all just we're united by our love to hustle and love of the startups and venture capital space. So Harvard Ventures really uh, did did its work by bringing Georgia and I together. And we've worked really well and have been so excited to take over the club and, and get together with some new initiatives. Fantastic. Yes. And look, something that really stood out to me, um, just, you know, just going on your website, literally, and looking at your mission statement, so to speak, um, it really stands out what also, I guess, differentiates Harvard Ventures to other, you know, different colleges, colleges obviously have their own, um, you know, entrepreneurship schemes and communities. But what stood out to me to you guys is that you really embrace like all levels, all identities, all backgrounds, so to speak, um, to really celebrate diversity. Can you um, tell me like how important that is to, I guess, was that something that was always like in the DNA of Harvard Ventures or is it something that both you and um, Georgia brought to the table? And obviously I'll go into a little bit more about what Georgia's doing with the Trill Project, but can you let us know a little bit about that positioning? Yeah, I can start off with this one. And the mission statement was something that was really important to Georgia and I in trying to start off right with the club. So actually, the winter prior to our the beginning of our terms as president, we actually sat down, um, first the two of us, and then with our larger board to really figure out what our mission and what our vision is for the club and where we want to take that in the future. And I think, like I said before, one of the beauties of Harvard Ventures, and I think Harvard in general, is how it brings so many people together in terms of different genders, races, there's diversity, situational and financial diversity as well. And I think that's one of the great things about going to school at Harvard. Um, And so that's one of the reasons why we need to embrace that, especially as a community of people interested in startups and VC where diversity is has always been a goal, but has not necessarily been attained, um, especially professionally. So this is very, very important to us to set the tone right and dive into figuring out what we wanted to do with the club. Got it. Yeah, so it's probably never come to the forefront, I guess, as, as much as it is today. Um, for those listening, I'd love to know, like, so Harvard Ventures, um, and correct me if, I, if I'm wrong, you're not like necessarily cutting checks, so to speak, but you're more like introducing those founders to your, to your investor networks. 
Um, can you tell us a little bit like how you facilitate this? Yeah, 100%. We definitely aren't like a VC fund ourselves. So that is correct in the sense that we aren't writing students checks. And for us, it's really important that we do create a really safe intellectual property, equity-free space for students to be able to freely build. And a lot of times when you are starting to take equity in a company per se or invest in it, it does become more of a pressure bubble. And for us, we only have one rule and that's to build something cool or at least try to. So we don't really care if people's <laughs> companies per se fail. We're much more invested in our members as people and as founders and wanting them to just get as much good experience in this venture world as they can. That said, um, if someone is looking to raise money, we're really lucky to have a network of alumni and advisors to our club that are very well connected in the space and we can make introductions via email. We host pitch nights where we have startups give pitches and we invite investors and people from our network to come and watch. We have a big LinkedIn group where if someone was looking to raise or to get introduced with an investor in a certain sector, they could make a post. Um, and a lot of it is also just off the cuff connections from um, our different networking events or socials or mixers and things like that. And we do also run a small incubator where we give um, equity-free micro grants. So really small checks to really early stage ideas, which is something we're really excited about as well. Oh, awesome. Well, it sounds like you you almost make uh, startups or founders rather kind of investor ready, so to speak. Um, so that's great. And they can come to you obviously at all stages, you know, from an idea to they don't necessarily have to have a startup. Is that right? They can just kind of join um, at Harvard. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. We also we support through our incubator doesn't have to be startups that have received funding at all. And, and one of our goals actually with having the VentureWorks incubator this summer was to just take people who had ideas for ventures and that they were committed to moving forward with. So you didn't necessarily have to have anything that you were working on before, but we're here to serve you and to support you and connect you to the tools and resources you need to succeed. And I think I might also add to that, that one of the great things about being a young founder is that it's often less risky. And on our podcast, The Bottom Line, we always ask our guests their hottest takes. So opinions that they have are controversial that other people disagree with. And I think one of my hottest takes that is that um, being a founder at a young age is great because of that lower risk and also because giving yourself opportunities to fail, I think is very, very important for development. And you often learn more through your failures than you do in your successes. So it's best to do that in an environment like Harvard, where Harvard Ventures is supporting you. You have so many professors, alumni, and just people willing to help you as a student. And I think that's one of the great things about the community that we've been able to put together. No, it's fantastic. So, so I mean, for someone listening to this podcast, because obviously you can get involved with um, HV, as you call it, um, you know, obviously if you're at Harvard or you're an alumni or, um, I guess, professor or whatnot, for those listening that might be like founders, startups, they might be incubators, they might even be some corporate, potential corporate partners, how do they kind of get involved? Are there opportunities for them to get involved or is it really you have to have a Harvard, um, you know, within the Harvard ecosystem, so to speak? Definitely. We, while student membership is restricted to people that 
are affiliated with the university. Beyond that, we love to involve partners from all sorts of educational institutes or no educational background at all. It just as long as you fit those same requirements of aligning with our mission. And so our website, harvardventures.org, and our general email address, hello at harvardventures.org. We can also maybe um, put that in the description or something um, are great places to reach out to us. Corporate partners can do recruiting and sponsorships of our different series. So come to pitch night, have a booth at one of our career fairs, host an info session or networking event. Um, people that are founders that don't necessarily go to Harvard could definitely still tap into some of our resources. And we do startup spotlights and fireside chat with founders. So we love to highlight founders experiences with our community and also can help with recruiting needs in terms of finding talent from our membership pool. Because like we said, not everyone who's a member of HV has their own venture they're working on. And other schools, we've also been collaborating on through our Amplify series, which is a virtual speakers event, highlighting the experiences and stories of Black entrepreneurs and executives and investors. And so that's one of the ways we've been collaborating with other universities. And in the coming years, we're really hoping to grow that as well to collaborate with even more schools too. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for bringing that point up because I think interacting with other universities, in particular other university entrepreneurship clubs, but I'd also want to expand that and just say students in general, that's something that we've been wanting to do for a really long time. And Amplify is one of the first initiatives that's united so many different university entrepreneurship clubs across the country. And we hope to grow those collaborations. And um, it, it starts with our Amplify initiative, but want to do more in the future. So if there's anybody interested in working with us, learning more about HB, please do reach out to us. We're so open to different partnerships and collaborations, and we'll work with you to figure out what makes sense for both of us. That's awesome. So I, look, I did listen. Obviously, we at Palimi, we helped uh, amplify, amplify your series uh, through our networks. And <laughs> I think it's tremendous uh, what you're doing, obviously, with in partnership with Yale Entrepreneur Society and, and a bunch of other um, prominent universities out there in uh, the US. But um, and these week, they're weekly virtual roundtables. Is that correct that you're holding? Yes. Yes, weekly events. Cool. So, I mean, I listened to the one you had with Asma Ahmed, um, the founder of Plum Perfect, and also, um, you know, technology first platforms such as I Am and Sack and Me. And for those listening to this podcast that didn't tune in, uh, make sure you do check out these Amplify series because they truly are enlightening. Um, I know there's a bunch of everything's virtual these days, right? So I'm kind of in, inundated with a webinar, a, a, a Zoom call, a, an event, as I'm sure we all are. But it's this one was really unique. Um, I really love the format that you guys had because you had a representative from each of the different colleges. Um, you had obviously the speaker. It was just very truthful and raw and organic. So well done. My question is that I'm getting to is how did you go about selecting? I mean, how are you going about selecting the speakers for those series? Is it something you're collaborating with Yale with or how do you kind of, I guess, choose who to, who to put on? Yeah, so the overall structure of Amplify is that we started off with 10 different universities that we were working with. And the idea was that each week, one of those universities 
quote unquote, takes over the logistics for that week. So they're in charge of bringing in the speaker, handling some of the logistics of the event um, and dealing with the nitty gritty of that week. So you really do leave it up to the university in charge to use their networks and figure out uh, a speaker to bring in that will relate to students and that they just find interesting. And I think one of our goals with bringing in speakers is to try to even within our our speaker network is to bring in different types of people. So like Georgia said, we want to bring in CEOs, executive investors, founders, and in different across different industries as well. And trying to highlight as many different experiences as possible, different perspectives as possible to make this the best educational experience as we can. Yeah. It's look my kudos to you guys, because I, I really do, um, go on a lot of these, um, you know, virtual events. And it was really, it was really great because it was really raw and really truthful. So I felt you guys had really, really kind of nailed it with getting the right speaker on. So I'm looking forward to them. I think they're every Friday at the same time. Is it every Friday um, each week? Is that correct? So they will be at different times every week. So for this upcoming week, it's actually going to take place on Wednesday, the 22nd at 8 p.m. Eastern. And our guest this week, I can send this all to you um, after after this meeting and make sure the logistics are all available to you. Uh, but for this week, we have our guest is Alexis Olson, who's a senior associate at Lightship Capital, which is an early stage VC fund in the Midwest that focuses exclusively on investing in overlooked and underfunded founders and also helps to run the Hillman Accelerator, which is the first accelerator that is also focused on underrepresented founders. So really excited for our conversation on Wednesday because she's so passionate about these issues and we hope to really get into them and have a great conversation. That's terrific. So so I'd love to kind of, I guess, for those listening, just without going into too much, but I'd love to kind of paint a picture for what you guys are doing, obviously a little bit outside of Harvard Ventures as well. Um, let's just start quickly with yourself, Jessica. You're, you're a fellow, a venture fellow at Alex Ventures. And my, my understanding is that they support healthcare and life science startups. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your role there, if you can, just, you know, just briefly for those listening? Yeah, of course. So I, I want to take a step back and kind of like chat about my background and how that brought me to Alix. And like you had mentioned in the beginning of this call, I have a lot of wet lab academic research experience. So I've done a little bit in pathology, trying to identify different biomarkers that are involved in cancer metastasis. I've done synthetic biology work, mechanical engineering work, and really trying to explore topics in the wide umbrella of bioengineering, which is my field of study at Harvard. And I'm really intellectually intrigued by the space, but like many others, I'm often frustrated by the pace of innovation and really want to see the technologies that are in lab actually get translated and and brought to market and really driving patient impact. And that is, at its core, the main focus of Alix Ventures, which is where I am this summer. Um, So that was my rationale for starting there. And like you said, I am a venture fellow for the summer. And Alix spun out of a venture firm called Liquid2 Ventures last August. So it's a pretty new firm. This is actually the first year that Alix is having venture fellows. So we're the guinea pigs, if you will. But I think it's been a really fantastic experience for me 
in that role because it's kind of like a choose your own adventure um, and we really do get to focus on the aspects of the firm that are most interesting to us. So I've been helping with um, the deal flow, doing the diligence there and, you know, meeting cool founders in the life sciences healthcare space has just been so fun for me um, as well as different investors. And then also at Alix, we have a content initiative, which we call BIOS, where we're putting together different blog posts. And we also have a podcast ourselves about topics in the healthcare and life sciences space. So been able to learn about the firm in a lot of different aspects. And it's been a really educational and fun experience for me. Okay. So are they based out of San Fran as well? Um Yes, they are. Right. And so I guess you're doing it all virtually. Um, do you, so are you a host of another podcast series on top of the bottom line? <laughs> or you, how many podcasts do you have? <laughs> no, there's some other members of the team that, that really focus on the BIOS podcast, um, but have been helping out a little bit with the content initiatives there, doing some market deep dives and frontier perspectives. Um, so, so only the bottom line for me, um, but it has been fun to be somewhat involved in theirs. That's terrific. Well, congratulations. <laughs> it sounds like you're definitely in the field that you're specialized in and you're doing great guns. Um, Georgia, quickly to you, um, and something, I guess, you know, we were talking about diversity and, um, you know, Harvard's mission, Harvard Ventures' mission to kind of be inclusive and whatnot. Um, you have a really interesting story, obviously, this is well in your domain because you're the co-founder of the Trill Project, the uh, anonymous uh, social network. Um, can you tell us, and I, my understanding is that it's built to really combat online bullying and really create inclusiveness and a safe somewhat empowering environment for people. Um, can you tell us why this particular topic is of, you know, interest or importance to you and I guess um, how you bring that into Harvard Ventures? Yeah, definitely. So when I was a senior in high school, I met my now co-founder at a Girls Who Code type of conference, and she had the idea of wanting to use our power as computer scientists and the freedom we had as um, teenage girls without pressures to really get a traditional job yet to create something that would have real meaning in our community. So a good friend of ours at the time was really struggling with her experience coming out as a bisexual teen. And as allies, we really empathized with what she was going through and started to do some more research around the issue and found that 40% of transgender youth attempt suicide, which was just a crazy and really sad statistic to discover. And through hundreds of customer interviews, we really found that for the LGBTQ plus community specifically, these feelings of isolation were linked to not having a supportive community of people where you felt like you belonged. So we figured that this was the project that we really needed to throw ourselves into and coded and launched Trill in June 2018. Um, and we really branded it as a safe community for anyone to freely express themselves because with this new power of the digital world, there really is is so much more opportunity for connecting like-minded people and people with similar experiences or identities. And since that initial launch, we've now obviously been on the App Store for a little over two years. And it's been really amazing to see how not just LGBTQ plus identifying people, but people struggling with mental health, people recovering from trauma, or anyone really just looking to 
find a safe alternative to traditional social networks and make new friends has been able to find refuge on trail, which is really important to me because diversity is always at the forefront of everything we do. And like just said with Harvard Ventures, we couldn't value diverse perspectives and membership more. And we're really proud to be two female identifying co-presidents, which is definitely a rare case in the venture world and have been making active efforts, not only through Amplify, but the type of guests we're inviting onto our podcast, into our events and how we're doing outreach for new members to make sure we're really branding ourselves as an inclusive space and then holding up to that with the actions we take as a club. Yeah, no, it's, it's brilliant. And I have to say, um, and we'll be doing a story with you on Parlay Me about the Trill Project. So those listening, head to Parlay Me. We'll be doing an interview for those that want to know more about it um, with Georgia. Um, Something I wanted to talk to you just quickly about is, you know, your board of advisors. Let's talk about that for Harvard Ventures. I mean, it's quite exceptional. You've got people from Peter Boyce, who's a partner um, in the VC firm General Catalyst, to private serial investors like Matthew Sutton. Um, can you tell us a little bit about how you went about selecting your board of, uh, sorry, let me repeat that, your board of advisors and what they bring to the table? So Peter Boyce, for example, um, is an alum of Harvard Ventures and actually was co-president and founder of our organization. So that was a really natural selection and it has been a really organic process of engaging our advisors. Something that Jess and I wanted to take um, an active stance on this year was re-engaging those advisors. So we'd had a lot of great people in our network that were alum or just friends of previous co-presidents. Matthew Sutton, for example, helps teach a class on entrepreneurship at HBS. So just sort of these really organic, natural connections that we weren't really leveraging. So we created a position on our board called Mm -hmm. our director of alumni and advisor relations, and he leads up all things engaging our advisors. So sending out a semesterly or so newsletter with updates on the club, asks for things that we need help on, inviting our advisors and alumni to come to our events and to host office hours and attend socials and keeping them updated just through brief semesterly calls on everything we're doing. And we've found that with our advisors, it's definitely something we're working on in terms of gender diversity. We do have a primarily male identifying board. And so we are making new selections for advisors with that in mind. But our existing advisors really are just random people from personal network and Harvard connections that have all been so <laughs> lovely to our club. And we really wouldn't be able to make Harvard Ventures possible without them. No, it's brilliant. Um, so, well, look, it was an impressive lineup when I looked at it. I was like, wow. Okay, so um, something that I think is of uh, key to you guys, um, Harvard Ventures, is mentorship. Um, I see that it's kind of championed. Uh, within your, um, you know, uh, ecosystem. Can you tell me a little bit about like why you think mentorship is so important for entrepreneurs and maybe you can just name one or two mentors that you've had um, during your time at Harvard or it could be, you know, within Harvard or outside of Harvard that it helped you in the mentor side of things? Yeah, I guess I can start with this question and then hand it off to Georgia. I think that mentorship definitely comes in many different forms. I know that our advisors and alumni of HV have been so willing to help us and we thank them for always supporting us and and doing whatever they can to connect with students and support us as an organization. So they've been really critical in, in helping us to build up the club and offer advice to 
uh, Georgia and I, but also students. Matt Sutton in particular has been involved with the club for a very long time and is so enthusiastic and supportive of us. And then I think on another level, there's peer mentorship, which I think is equally as important. And I think it's all about creating spaces where people feel comfortable and comfortable enough to say, okay, I don't know the answer to this problem, but I'm going to take steps now to learn how to fix it and and learn how to find those solutions. And I think that creating a space where people feel able to do that and, and not embarrassed or scared of taking those risks is so important. So like I said, I think mentorship comes in a lot of different forms. It can be more formal through our alumni. It's just in the peer collaborations. And we try to foster those by having mixers. And throughout quarantine, we've had some Zoom happy hours where we've played virtual Pictionary and just tried to keep it lighthearted and and connect people. And then I know I've had a number of mentors that I found through labs, through even established women in STEM programs. So I think that you can really find them anywhere and just like finding people who are willing to help and that you connect with and are comfortable to talk to is, those are the key key points there, I'd say. What, what about yourself, George? Any, what does mentorship mean to you? And has there been anyone in particular that stood out to you in that realm? Yes, I think I totally agree on the point of mentorship coming in the capacity of more professional mentors and also peer mentors. And I guess for me, a really terrific peer mentor that I've had was the previous co-president of HV, Flora, who um, when I came to Harvard and was a nervous first year student with a startup that I didn't really know how to run and manage alongside school, it was so nice to just have an older upperclassmen friend that I could get lunch with and rant about my problems and really served more as like a therapist than someone giving tangible advice on my startup or Mm -hmm. um, schoolwork, but was just there to listen. And I think sometimes we forget the importance of just having safe friends that are there to listen to you and that can understand what you're going through. And that definitely can come in a peer capacity as well. Um, With professional mentorship, I've done a ton of accelerators and incubators. And um, at Target Incubator last summer, my um, professional mentor was Caroline Wenga, who's the Chief Diversity and Inclusion Officer at Target. And again, I think what I really valued in that relationship was how it felt so organic and really authentic. We would go on walks around the Target headquarters or get dinner together. Um, We even went to tour Prince's house in Paisley Park and it was all these really fun team building activities where it was really less, all right, let's track your metrics and have these really nitty gritty tangible conversations about your business, which can also be great. But sometimes for me, I prefer to have these higher level, almost like existential mentors that help guide you and what your purpose is. Fantastic. I love that. Well, she sounds like an intriguing person. Caroline Winger, you said her name Yeah, W-A-N-G-A. Excellent. Okay. So um, I guess speaking of listening, um, and you guys have created a podcast series called The Bottom Line, which is terrific. For any of those listening, please do check it out. It's hosted on all good places like iTunes, Spotify, you name it. But it's also on your website as well, guys. You have it there. Um, And you've interviewed the likes of billionaires such as Mark Cuban to Chip Wilson. 
Um, I'm going to ask the question maybe everyone asks you, but I'd love to know. And it's always hard for me to choose um, which podcast guests are my, my favourite, so to speak. But maybe who would have been perhaps your most intriguing guest you might have had to date? And I know you're relatively new in the series. I think you were up to episode 8 or 10. Um, but who has so far been the most intriguing? Hmm, that's a really good question. <laughs> and for different reasons. And like I said, it's I find sometimes choosing your favourite children, so to speak, you can't do it. They're all unique for different reasons. But has there been anyone, I guess, after the after the podcast, you've been like, wow, that's really that really has inspired me or that has really, you know, made me want to take change or um, action? I think for me, and this is actually an episode we haven't released yet, but coming soon, so be sure to follow the bottom line to listen to it. We hosted Alexa Von Tobel, who, when you talk about being inspired, she's actually the founder of Inspired Capital. Um, But what I really loved and what stuck out to me about her interview was how she was also a Harvard student who had a company and really was going through some of those same struggles that I feel like I'm going through right now around how do you manage your work and your schoolwork and the rest of your life and your mental health. And she's really living proof of being able to make it work. Um, She was pregnant while she was also going through one of the biggest fintech acquisitions of the decade and was also um, dealing with a million other things and still was able to make it happen. And I think it's a true testament to the grit of a founder and especially the way she approached her experiences as a being a minority in the world of tech in terms of identifying as female. She never really in the interview described it as something that was preventative to her, but only motivating and inspiring to her to drive forward. And now she's on the other side of the table, writing checks into companies that are sometimes female led, sometimes not, but just the best companies she can find. And I think her career trajectory is something I one day hope I can emulate and really look up to everything she's doing in the venture world. Fantastic. Awesome. I love that. So another person I'm going to have to look up. I'll listen to your podcast, obviously. I guess, well, something I do want to ask you, ladies, is um, kind of COVID, right? I didn't want this to be a podcast where we talk about COVID because I know everyone's talking about it and we're inundated with every day if you turn on the news. But I do kind of want to get a feel for those listening and that maybe aren't at college or wish they were at college or maybe have aspirations to go to college and whether that's Harvard or anywhere else. Um, but what? how has, I guess, COVID... Um, changed uh for the better or the worse um kind of your life there at at harvard and kind of what are you're obviously doing a lot of virtual lessons and there's i think 40 percent students on campus or whatnot but you guys can tell us um what's the feel what's happening yeah i think i can start with this one and COVID is one of the reasons why we ended up starting our podcast to begin with and we kind of were just brainstorming within our board okay now that we're not in person, how do we still provide these virtual lessons? How can we still connect people and inspire conversation? And we came up with doing a podcast. And I think, you know, related to your previous question, our first interview with Mark Cuban definitely has a special place in my heart because we had chosen literally that same day, okay, let's start a podcast. And we cold emailed Mark Cuban and he was just like, Sure. And that's really how our podcast started. We were like, okay, guys, now we're doing this. Um, so, so it's been a, a really fun experience for us to get to do that and grow that so quickly from that first idea. And 
we've had to get really creative about how we are going to do virtual programming, how we're going to do virtual visitas, which is Harvard's uh, prospective students weekend. That is typically a lot of fun for prospective first years to go on campus and meet people, take some classes and get a sense of the community. And unfortunately, due to COVID, they weren't able to do that. So we had to think about how we were going to try to make that fun for students. So we've definitely done a lot of brainstorming as to what makes sense in a virtual context and, and what doesn't. And I think also one of the things that is on a lot of students' minds right now is whether or not it's even worth it to go back to school, given that things are virtual. So I think um, for Harvard, at least, we have to decide whether or not to enroll in classes by this Friday. And we received news about Harvard's reopening decisions on January 6th. So it's very quick turnaround for us. And I know a lot of other students around the country are dealing with the same issue of, is it worth it to enroll in college for the semester or the year even if classes are going to be virtual and typically not as good quality as they were in the past? So I think that's been one of the big things that has shaken up people that are age. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we, Georgia and I recently did a podcast interview with four fantastic guests who are advisors and alumni of HV about those specific issues and discussing those questions. So if you're listening and you're a student who's interested in hearing about that, check out our podcast. And I think like know also that you're not alone in this and that we've all been forced into this situation and we've all been kind of put in a position where we have to make some difficult decisions. But also something that we've learned from our podcast is to be optimistic that out of times of uncertainty and trouble can sometimes come some really amazing innovations. So that would be my other note is to remain hopeful in the face of COVID, despite a lot of the negative news going on right now. Absolutely. Yeah. And I definitely, I was listening to your recent episode um, podcast titled To Be or Not To Be Enrolled. Um, The context was exactly that, you know, not getting caught up in the negative narrative but rather create a context to expand or, or rather change your education. I mean, at the moment, I guess in the midst of this pan- pandemic, um, many say we are, you know, in a transformation of the education is well underway. Um, and obviously, you know, the Black Lives, Lives Matters movement, you know, these inequalities in the workplace have been amplified and in general. Um, and a lot of these inequalities stem from you know, or rather begin at home or the school system, right? Um so it's so, so important that, you know, organisations like yourself are doing things like amplify and actual, you know, creating action. So it is all good and well for a lot of, you know, people to put out a tweet or, you know, something or put the Black Lives Matters, you know, um, Blackout Tuesday and then not actually do anything to follow on from it. And um, I think it was like your guest on your Amplify series just recently, um, your speaker guest noted that it's so important because venture as you girls know it's it goes to your circles you know within your circles um so it's really important you expand those circles and you're certainly doing that so look again I just want to say what you're doing is brilliant um a little bit about um kind of what's next next for Harvard Ventures I know you guys sound like you have a ton on your plates (laughs) but what is next for you guys or, or is there something you can seed for us 
we're definitely going to keep doing what we're doing. Um, in the fall, you can expect us to get new members, which is super exciting. And we're virtually looking forward to welcoming the first year students into our club. We'll continue on with our incubator and hopefully be expanding it to even more startup teams. Season two of the Bottom Line podcast will be coming soon and we're ideating now on what that means and what improvements we want to make to the content we're putting out. And with Amplify, our series currently is focusing on Black entrepreneurs, executives, and investors and their voices. However, we definitely see lots of potential to expand Amplify to highlight underrepresented communities um, beyond just the Black community and explore what that can look like. Again, if you're um, a corporation or nonprofit or startup that's interested in collaborating or working with us, we're growing really quickly and have lots of exciting diversity, recruiting, speaker series, events in the makes, and we're really looking forward to what the fall holds, even though it's an untraditional semester to say the least. Yeah, no, it's definitely untraditional. But I think entrepreneurs like yourselves and myself um, or anyone listening that, you know, identifies with being an entrepreneur, times like this is a very, I don't know, is it reinvigorating? I don't know about you guys, but my mind boggles with possibilities and things. Although, you know, obviously, I I wish we weren't in this, you know, situation. Um, It is an interesting time for entrepreneurship in general. Um, with that said, uh, my last question to you both, um, we always ask this at Parlay Me and it's um, very important to us, but again, um, it could be someone, you know, we know, or it could be someone within your family, but is there an entrepreneur um, that embodies what entrepreneurship is to you? And again, that could be someone, you know, it could be your father, your mother, it could be your brother or your sister, it could be your partner, <laughs> um, you know, someone that really is for you the pinnacle of what entrepreneurship is. No, yeah, it's a good one. Let me think for a moment. And it's a hard one. <laughs> Sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think like definitely a hard question. And, and my mind is just being inundated with different people and entrepreneurs mm-hmm. that I look up to in this space. But I, I think I want to go back to one of our advisors of HV, Peter Boyce, who is actually one of the founders of Heart Adventures and is now at General Catalyst. And runs Rough Draft Ventures, which is a fund that supports students in particular in their ventures. And I really do look up to him in conversations with him. He always talks about how he has found his personal purpose and personal mission is helping other entrepreneurs and just supporting that community. And that's something that I admire so much. Fantastic. And what about you, Georgia? Is there someone that stands out to you? I mean, I know you mentioned, obviously, um, Target. You had a brilliant mentor there, um, Caroline. Is there anyone else? I think something else we did last summer was with Trill was Apple Entrepreneur Camp, which was a program Apple was putting together for female engineers and businesswomen. And there we were able to very briefly um, interact with Tim Cook, the CEO of Apple. And he's an incredible figure because something that I think about entrepreneurship is it really is living in the future. So being one step ahead and understanding the needs and problems of a generation or a group of people and what their pain points are before those stakeholders might even understand what those pain points are. And I think Apple as a company does a really fantastic job at anticipating 
the needs of their consumer and then somehow seamlessly bringing those needs into solutions that are available to all sorts of people. And also, I really admire all the efforts they're taking um, to be more inclusive and diverse as a company, even though, of course, are far from perfect. I think there's definitely progress being made in terms of how they're innovating. Fantastic. Well, look, they were both uh, very good uh, answers, ladies. So I'm definitely going to be looking up more to do with Peter Boyce. I think everyone listening knows who Tim Cook is. If you don't, give him a good Google. (laughs) He'll come up straight away. Um, look, girls, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Um, where can people find out more about HV? Can they jump on your website at Harvard Ventures? It's, is it harvardventures.org? Yep, harvardventures.org. Yeah. Um, you can also find us on Instagram at Harvard underscore ventures. Email us at hello at harvardventures.org or just look us up on Facebook. Excellent. Or if you go to Harvard or start there, you can find them hopefully on campus when you're back there, you know, after this whole pandemic and life gets back to somewhat normalcy. But look, thank you girls again and um, have yourselves a terrific rest of the day. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thank you.